Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Age of Jeremy. I am the leader in tax investment and business advice. Also, follow our podcast network, the Age of Radioverse, on Instagram at Age of Radioverse. Over 100 podcasts strong and growing. We just added a few more. So again, go check them out at ageofradio.org. You can also check me out on TikTok at Age of Jeremy and Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. If you want to be on this podcast and chat, email me at jeremy.quintania at ageofradio.org. That is jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot quintania at ageofradio.org. We are looking for small business owners and influencers to share their stories. No matter how small, no matter how big, we just love a good story. Also, the 2022 Freedom Conference from 3T Warrior Academy. Yes, that's one of the businesses that I own. We are having a Freedom Conference, a wealth building conference on April 22nd and April 23rd. I forgot the dates there for a second. April 22nd and April 23rd at the Marriott um, Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a wealth building conference. Coach JV will be there talking about mindset. Porter Shumway will be there talking about insurance and how to grow your wealth with insurance vehicles. Vehicles. Crypto influencer Bearable Bull will be live streamed in and talking about crypto. Jordan Harry will be speaking about speed learning. We will also have our technical analysis team and crypto research team there hosting panels. If you are interested in that, uh, we are already sold out of VIP events. Uh, you can also buy a virtual ticket if you're not able to come and hang out with us in Phoenix on April 22nd and April 23rd of 2022. Again, that's the Freedom Conference. You can go to 3twarrioracademy.com and check it out, or you can go follow my good friend or my best friend and my business partner coach jv on tiktok at coach jv underscored uh we're about to go over that million follower mark on tiktok so make sure that you check that out you can also check him out on instagram at coach jv underscore also actually you know what that is it all right let's get into the today's podcast my name is jeremy quintanilla you were listening to age of jeremy I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness, and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. I hope you had a great Valentine's Day with people that you love. I actually celebrated my Valentine's Day kind of on Sunday. Um, We did have a Super Bowl party at our 3T Fitness um, Center. It was one of our 3T events, uh, and um, but I didn't go because it was far away, and I spent the afternoon with my lovely wife, Danielle. You can follow her if you want at the Quinta Tori on Instagram. It's mainly just dogs, our dogs, Kylo and Bane. Um, so I didn't get to watch the Super Bowl. I hope that you um, had a good Super Bowl Sunday and got to do Valentine's Day today on Monday. And then we're also going to go do some stuff next Saturday. I think we're going to go do some top golf. Never been to top golf. We have a bunch of gift cards from Southwest Points. I think $200 in top golf cards from Southwest Points, which is odd because we don't fly a lot. So go figure. Um, but I'm not going to go into any news articles today because we have had a pretty long or we have a pretty long conversation about crypto. Um, and the people that I'm talking to are 
you're part of our 3T crypto research team. Uh, it's actually made up of some of the founding people um, that volunteer their time to help bring Coach JV crypto research. Um, this team is actually growing and we've expanded and kind of made it more in depth. But these individuals, Johnny Crypto, um, who's been on the show before, uh, Abdullah, whom I call Abs because I can't say Abdullah, apparently. Mario, the Node Defender, they were kind of the some of the core people that started giving uh, Coach JV crypto research. And I wanted to have them on here to talk a little bit about how they came into the academy, how they um, do their research and things like that. Um, and we also welcome back NFT Tones. Um, so Johnny, Abs, and the Node Defender um, are going to introduce themselves about the 3T Warrior Academy, how they got into crypto, how they do their research, like I said, their resources. And then we're also going to touch on how NFT Tones made $12,000 off an NFT chicken. That's right. $12,000 off an NFT chicken. So if you want to learn more about that, you're going to have to listen to the podcast. Here's my conversation. Enjoy. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Jeremy, how's it going? Amazing. Hey. How are you, Abs? I'm awesome. Sweet. I'm doing well. Sweet. And Mario, are you good? Doing awesome. And real, yeah, how about yourself? I am doing amazing. And Johnny, how are you? Since oh, I talked fantastic. to you last week. It's it's a Friday, fantastic Friday, baby. Cool, and Ando or Antonio, Mr. I am fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing well. And do you want me to go back to NFT tones? Yeah, or, NFT tones. Okay, cool. All right, that's going to be in the podcast, just by the way. So this is all <laughs> this is all recording. <laughs> um, so, anyways, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to be with me. Uh, I thought that it would be interesting for people to kind of see the research or hear the research team um, from how it originally started, um, the individuals that were part of the research team, how they became part of the 3T research team, what that possibly even means, but more importantly, for us just to have a fun conversation. And so I thought that it would be really good to start off with if we did like a went around the room and I am just basing this off of how I see people on the zoom call. So I'm going to start with Johnny um, to introduce himself uh, and how he came to the Academy Mario, then Mario, how to introduce himself or to introduce himself and how he came to the Academy and then abs and then um, NFT tones. So Johnny Crypto, how did you, you could introduce yourself again and then explain a little bit about how you came into the Academy? Well, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, my name is Johnny Crypto and I am the top crypto researcher and problem solver in the world. And um, so the way I got into the Academy was uh, very interesting. So it all started with a text message. Let me tell you, text messages are incredibly powerful. Uh, my cousin sends me a text message of... Um, this jacked up dude in a red tank top and a beard. And he's talking about, you know, the Rothschilds and the banking system and how corrupt it is. And, and, um, you know, and I was, he's going to, you know, change the world. And, and, you know, there's a whole new banking system coming and, you know, what's this you know, cryptocurrency stuff and how to get into it. And if you want to see it, see his portfolio, you know, so the minute I heard the, the word Rothschild on the bank, I'm like, oh, this guy gets it. He knows what's going on. Finally, someone I can relate to who you know, isn't, isn't brainwashed sheep that doesn't know what's happening. So I said, I got I to gotta see more about this. So I joined the academy, right? So I joined it. And my intention was, yeah, I'm going to drift like a month or two, check out the portfolio, see what it's like, and then I'm out. So I get in there. And I, I, uh, I, I check out the portfolio. I joined the Academy and, uh, you know, XRP was one of the, the big holdings and there's no secret. He talks about that all the time. Now that was one of his biggest holdings. So 
I was like, you know what? I get burned when I buy these things all the time. So I'm just going to watch it. And I'm just watching it. And every day I check it every once in a while. It was like 60 cents one day. And a couple of days later, I check it like 65, 70, 63, 55. Okay. You know, it's in that area. And then one day it's like 44. I'm like, hmm. And the next day it's 33. And then it's down to 21. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, whew. Thank God I didn't follow this knucklehead. I was like, this guy, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I was like, Phew. thank God I would have lost my shirt, you know? So now I'm curious. I'm like, all right, how is he going to get out of this? What is he going to tell people? So I'm like, I'm, so I go to the academy. He's got right away emergency recording. There's a recording up there. And, uh, and so uh, yeah, I think he was driving in the car too. People call him blowing up his phone. He's like, yeah, guys, people blow up my phone. Everybody's panicking. He's like, look, you want to sell? Sell, go ahead. But here's what I'm doing. I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. And he's like, I'm doubling down and buying more. And I'm like, whoa, like, what the hell is he talking about? He's like, this is how they do it. And then, you know, they, they shake you out. They create all this fun and fear. They, they, and they drop the price loan. They buy everything up. And I'm like, holy shit, that's exactly what that what the Archilds did to the Bank of England. Yep. They lied and told everybody, you know, that Napoleon had won the war and England panicked. Everybody sold the whole entire market crash, banks crashed. And real quick, Jimmy, I just want to add to that too, because I know that when people mention that specific story uh, about uh I'm just going to say it, the Rothschilds, um, they, the, that specific story, a lot of people think that that is actually like some weird made up conspiracy theory. That is actually not a weird conspiracy theory. That is a historical record of what they actually did and what helped them gain their wealth. Um, and it's just interesting when you look at the Rothschilds or even the Kennedy family, which um, again, nothing, not taking a side or anything, just saying specifically what happened and then how the Kennedys made their money in like prohibition, right. And were an advocate for that. So they could profit off of prohibition when we had it. And it's just interesting because that's one of the actual things that the Rothschilds did. So anyways, go, that, go ahead. And, and that's exactly right. And that's when I made the connection coach made that connection for him when he's like, you know, this is what they're doing. They're creating fun political thing. And I'm like, Holy shit. And that's what the Rothschilds know them all do is they just do the same formula over and over again because people forget history yeah so they they did it back and it worked for them you know in the 1800s when they bought the bank of england in one day and it's happened and they've been doing that all the time they control manipulate the market all the time and that's when it hit me and i was like holy shit coach is right this guy knows his shit so what did i do not only did i stay in the academy i went to the bank i sold everything my cat <laughs> we sold the dog the house the, the bottles anything i get my hand, sold everything Went to the bank, made the biggest deposit I could have bought as much XRP as I could. And let me tell you, that day changed my life. My account's never been up so high because of coach. So, um, and yeah, at that what's, point, what's that's XRP I, at right now. So, yeah. I think I got 78 cents or something. Right now, what I think it's about 80. 80 cents. 80, yeah, 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 it's about a four. Yeah, I saw 81 cents this morning. But what's really interesting, Jeremy, is at one point early on, maybe last year, it was up to around almost two bucks, yeah. right? So, that, that was a monster. 10x yeah. from when I had gotten in because I got in that early 20 cents Rangers. I would have never done it if it wasn't for coaching yeah. that text message. So from there, I was like, okay, I really fell in love with crypto. I started researching it daily. I started sending coach stuff. Um, and so when that happened, you know, we started forming a bond and a connection. And, and eventually he asked me to, to join the, the research team or he was going to create one. And we, yeah. and that, and that will tell you, he was there too. So yeah, so that's how. So it's an interesting story how we got it all together, us three. But yeah, so I joined it. And then um, and, and uh, ever since then, it's just been, you know, 
it's been a fantastic uh, road here and the academy is such a great place i encourage everybody who hasn't been there to go check out the 3t academy yeah absolutely thank you all right mario we're gonna go over to you and and just to i don't mind talking is, is everybody good with the audio is everybody happy yeah. with how they hear it? Okay, yeah. I just, I just sure. want to make sure you guys can hear me because I switched to my headphones. Is it coming in clearly? A little more of an echo-ish. But yeah, and that's fine. I can switch back to the regular audio. Yeah. I can take the headphones out. Um, Whatever you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter to me. Either way. I don't know we'll, headphones. Okay, cool. No, you're good. Well, I will well, figure I'll out a way to buy, way you to buy you a microphone and stuff and just send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry, I couldn't hear Although, anything. Okay, cool. I, I think it was when you switched it and brought in some audio, and I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> no, I said, I'll figure out a way, or we can get you a, a, a microphone and headset set up, because it'll also... Do you have a microphone, Abs, at the house? Oh, I need to go buy one from Best Buy. Well, no, because with... Uh, and not to let the cat out of the bag, this will go out next Tuesday, so I guess that that's okay. Let the cat out of the bag. I'm imagining that... Um, it would help when you do the uh, the special yep. program that we're working on, yes. I guess, would be a better way to do it. Say, yeah, so. I would say let's do a GoFundMe, but maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I have to, to say drive it. to the store for me. Someone drive to the store. I'll give them the money. <laughs> right? That's an even better deal. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Mario, if you could want if you want to introduce yourself and kind of how you came to the Academy. Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, Jeremy, thanks for having thanks for having me. Thanks for having us on. It's a real pleasure to be here. And um, I joined the academy October 2020. I was actually home. I was sick with uh, with the C thing, and uh, much like everybody else, I was scrolling through TikTok, and I was having my moment of watching all those TikTok dances and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I came across Coach JV, and he was talking about. Um, he was talking about XRP. He was talking about crypto and all the stuff that's going down. And I actually got into crypto back in 2017. And in 2017, I discovered XRP. I want to say this was like late November, early December. So it was like right at the end of, of the bull run. And I experienced XRP. I wrote XRP all the way from 40 cents all the way up to, to the all-time high. So I watched my portfolio like explode oh, and then wrote yeah. it all the way back down. So I didn't sell. I kept my XRP the entire time, but it did It did kind of put me off crypto in general. I was very like... I mean, back then, it was very scary. Um, there was a lot of FUD constantly. I mean, everybody was talking down on crypto. I mean, people still are and governments still are, but it, since, since there's a lot more adoption now, especially from institutions... There's there's a lot more confidence. I mean, us that we know institutions. If the institutions are getting in, we know that that it's uh, it's going somewhere. So back then that wasn't the case. So I got my attention off of uh, crypto. I kind of switched off crypto, and then Coach JV really ignited that back in me because when I discovered it in 2017, I spent hours just researching it and trying to figure out what all this stuff was. And when I discovered XRP, and then XRP made that partnership with with um, MoneyGram. And yep. I remember it, it was like, XRP is partnering with MoneyGram, crazy. And then the price just exploded and it was just crazy feeling. But yeah, so Coach JV, when I saw him on TikTok, he just, he reignited this thing in me. But most of all, and, and this is honest, I joined because of everything else that he 
that he said that the program had so like the whole mindset i was for about i want to say for about two years at that point i was very into personal development and just bettering myself um working on mindset and all that stuff and that was really what made me want to join the the academy the 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 crypto really was just that cherry on top of the cake and i joined the academy in november and joined the academy then um and that was November 2020? 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Yes. And then in January, the 120 day challenge started where, you know, go, uh, JV just started promoting the 120 day challenge. Like, like guys, we're all going to start it uh, January 1st or th- second or third, whatever it was right in the beginning. And uh, I was like, cool, let's, let's do this. And I really indulged in it. I mean, I came off it a couple of times, but I, I, I would like to say that I kind of, I, I was pretty consistent. And I feel like that was really my transformation was that 120 day challenge. And that's really what, what made me stick around with the Academy. I felt like the crypto part was something that I was already pretty comfortable with. And I understood the technology and uh, I was, I was already pretty confident with understanding wallets, transfers, all that stuff, staking, DeFi. Well, yeah, and also too, you made a lot of the videos that are in the Academy that explain yeah. all of that stuff. So yeah, very confident yeah. prior. Yeah. And uh, the mindset part of the academy really was, I started noticing all these changes in, in my life. Like I started noticing how I was just more positive. I was becoming, you know, waking up earlier, um, doing activity, activities that promoted my, my well-being. I was, um, I was being a better father, being a better husband, being a better boss at my yeah. business. And all these things just... It made me realize that that's the, the, what I needed to work on. And that was my that was the value I was getting out of the Academy. So it just took me down this path of wanting to give back to the Academy. I mean, I saw how everybody in the community was just so willing to help one another. And then I started thinking to myself, like, there's a lot of people that are very new to the space. And I feel like I could help answer the questions. And then one day, fortunate enough, somebody started working on the exit strategy and then (laughs) Johnny, Johnny, (laughs) yeah. And then Johnny started helping out with it. And then, he decided to take things a little bit further than what it was offering. And then I was like, Hey, I think I could probably help with a couple of things. So I just reached out to Johnny. We started meeting up a couple of nights and um, that was my entry to, to really getting started with, with helping deeply within the Academy. And, and then it led into being part of the research team, which to this day, I'm still like, I still can't believe that. I'm able to be part of the team with all of you and just be able to help people because essentially that is, that was my goal from the beginning. I never yeah. had any expectations and it was just a, I want to give my knowledge back to the community and, and be able to help people. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you bring that up and I just want to say this one thing and then I'll give it over to abs to introduce himself. But one of the things, cause I, I had a call with uh, Johnny Canuck and uh Kelly or Coach Kelly from the Academy, a meeting he wanted, they wanted to meet with me and John about something or coach about something. And when we were talking about that, we were talking about um, this uh, new thing that we're going to be launching in the Academy here soon um, <clears throat> that I'm not going to say, but it, it allowed, it, it allowed me to, I guess when we were talking about, it, they're like, well, how are you going to give so much of that away? And I was like, well, my goal, I, 
I'll be honest, I make about the same amount of money that I did at the bank. I just pay myself through 3T now, right? And so so it's not, and most of our money just gets reinvested in all of the companies. But my goal is to make sure that everybody, all of you and all of the people that have helped free John and myself, I want to make sure that all of you guys are free. And so it's just interesting to see how this whole dynamic dynamic happens. And it's never about, in my opinion, and I know people, there's lots of motivational speakers out there that hate when people say it's not about the money. It's it's not about the money for me. I know that the money will just come if you're just sharing the wealth with people anyway. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me because it'll get there either way. Um, so, but. And I just want to say before we get over to, before we head over to apps that that's very important what you said. And that's actually you bring that up and it's that is, that is probably the key moment in my life where I've been a business owner for six years at that point and I wasn't free. Yeah. I was essentially working for, for a job. I was working for my business, but I was essentially working for a job and I had no freedom. And that's the one thing that I learned being part of the Academy too. And just having you guys as a, as inspiration and as, as a coaches role models is just learning that, you have to work on the freedom. Yep. Yeah. Freedom is super important. All right, abs, you're up. And then we'll yeah. go to on, we'll go to NFT tones and then we will open up for more discussion stuff. So go ahead. Abs. I'm actually, I'm pretty excited that this is what we're talking about. Cause I feel like my story is a little bit, it's not exactly how you think it would be. So my story is one of, of pain, right? So my growth, my personal growth and my physical evolution come, came through pain. And I had this big change in my life in September of 2018, when I always identified as an athlete, I was always, uh, I was a division one athlete through and through. I was always, I was first team, all state senior year, second team, all state junior year, like fully, fully committed to being an athlete. I went to play division one and I ended up with stress fractures all through my feet. I was misdiagnosed. I ended up playing throughout the season. And then they to- totally gave out fully cracked, basically lost my right to walk for eight months. I was in a hard cast for eight months. Then I a following six weeks in a, in a hard boot. And then I had to wear a special shoe for another eight weeks after that. So I had to just tear down my identity. I went from being super outgoing and confident and, and full of energy to, to bed. And like, I couldn't get out of bed to use the bathroom. I couldn't shower on my own. It's, it's not the most fun stuff to talk about, but it really is where my ambition came from because I realized that my priorities need to be in check. My athletic career, I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. I never, I was never good enough. And I didn't really have that ambition in the first place. So I started with economics when I was 17. I was fortunate enough to get a $5,000 loan from my godfather at 15. It just sat in cash. And then when I was 17, I got really into investing and I started purchasing just open stocks on E-Trade. And I don't even know if that's legal, but I was 17. I don't know. (laughs) Trust me. There's a lot of things that I did before I was 18 that I should have done. So whatever. And to this day, I'm fortunate because I've used that same mindset of just I was always hesitant in the beginning. I was always sharing my ideas. Like I always had all these ideas and I wanted to tell people and share people. And then something I'd learned about five years later was a concept of a dream killer. So I was always trying to share and spread my knowledge of, oh, there's all this optimism and all this hope for all this opportunity to make money. And then I found myself in a situation where I was totally independent in the way I was thinking. There was nobody supporting this narrative that I was going to get wealthy from investing, right? Like my dad is a, he's an immigrant from Lebanon. He came over here when he was 19 years old. He started off pumping gas. Now he's owner of a small business. He owns a gas distribution company called Super Petroleum up in Massachusetts. And so his only way to become successful was clock in at this time, <laughs> clock out at this time and receive the required amount. Yeah. He saved cash in a bank account for 25 years. 
There was no 401k. There was no retirement portfolio. It was literally just cash being stacked. I call it like a big pile of sticks. And it's just like, how big can I get this pile of sticks before I die, basically? Yeah, but, that's what it is. So, yeah, so I lost my train of thought a little bit. But to get back to where I, how I got into the academy was that when I shifted my mindset to economics and I ended up transferring schools, I transferred to the University of Tampa. Uh, I still had the ambition to be a student athlete, but I find myself all the time just reading economics, looking at current news, listening to Elon Musk speak, Jeff Bezos, Kathy Wood, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, like the list goes on and on. And I found the same energy and ambition and almost like adrenaline rush that it was to play sports, especially when I was making money doing so. So I don't want to seem disingenuous that I'm not, I'm not here for the money, but I, I fully anticipate that I will be a wealthy individual because I've always had that ambition yeah. and it's not an inauthentic yeah. ambition. It was from day one, like in high school, I always wanted to make money. And, and so that's what I did. I always worked, but it got to the point when I was 22, I was working they were, believe it or not, there was hours. I worked 70 hour weeks two summers ago at my uncle's shop where I'd work in the parking lot and I'd run the parking lot and they would close at like 9 p.m. So I'd get there at 6 a.m. and I'd leave at 9 p.m. and I'd work Saturday and Sunday. And it was just one of those things. So I made a ton of money and I decided that is the last time I will ever work at a job where I'm required to clock in and clock out because it just what I was miserable. And it's interesting. Had, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, go finish your thought apps. Uh, I was just going to say it was interesting because I had more money than I'd ever had. And I'd always put this concept of more money, more happiness. I mean, it's so wrong when you learn about yeah, finance, obviously, but as a kid, that's what I thought. If I make a hundred thousand dollars, I'm I'll feel like a hundred thousand dollars. And it turns out that's not the case. There's different ways of going about it, but yeah. What were you going to say? Well, no, I was going to say that. And that's one of the things that people are always ask me. Cause like, if I, and, and when we talk about why I don't mind like trying to figure out how to pay different people in the academy, or I had a meeting with um, the team for my um, age of radio company that I own that does podcasts and media and stuff like that. I had a meeting with them last night. And so when I met with them and I was talking to them, like I'm being transparent with them about the numbers that age of radio makes and being transparent with them about them creating freedom. I don't care if I make any money from age of radio. I just want it to grow. So all of them can just do that their whole you know, for their 40 hours a week. And then if there's profit after that, cool, whatever. It's just more, it's more interesting to me to see things grow and, and to build something than for the actual benefit that it, it comes to me because I was thinking about it yesterday. I was, I was driving home from either taking Ariana to school or I don't know, from the gym or whatever. I was thinking there's not much stuff that I want anymore. Like, I mean, I want to travel, but like physical stuff, like if I never bought anything else, unless something broke and I needed to replace it, I, I don't necessarily know if there's anything that I really have to have. Like, I just don't feel that I have to have anything. Like I'm fine with my car. Yeah. I'm fine with how things are. Like I'm content with stuff, but I enjoy building things and watching those things grow. And the other thing that I wanted to, to mention was that you, you said that you, the clocking in and out thing. I don't think it's the work that bothers people. I personally think it's the confinement to not being able to go and do as you please when you're able to go and do it. Right. So like mm -hmm. I can get so much more done if I want to clock in at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the afternoon. than if someone's like, you have to be here at eight. Well, fuck at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm not even productive anyway. What's the purpose of me yep. being here? Let me come in when I am productive at working, when I want to do my best work and do the thing that I want to do. Yeah. And I would be more successful with that. It is more, yeah. it's more interesting to me to see Dustin and Josh who work with us at the Academy to see Dustin and Josh produce. And I never asked them to be there. 
They can do whatever they want. I don't give a crap. As long as I ask them if something needs to get done and they do it, right? And I guess it's different because we don't have like, in the case where Mario has physical stores where people have to be there to, for people to, you know, have opening hours. But like we're us, we don't have that. But to see them be successful, knowing that they can come and go and please as work as much as they want and not work as much as they want, as long as the stuff is getting done, people are so much more productive that way. You're absolutely right. And just right. to branch off that, Jeremy, the biggest thing that for me was the power hierarchy that existed. It was like, the adults were treating other adults like lesser than themselves because of the position. It was like somebody would show up late for yep. work and not only were they late for work, but now they carried all this anxiety of having to deal with their superior to explain themselves as yep. an adult with a wife and kids and family. And it's like, I never wanted to be in a situation because I remember this in high school, having a principal or a teacher where someone was a disciplinary of me trying to show me how to fit in almost like I wanted to be myself and if I'm going to show up late, I, I'm sure I have a good excuse because I know that I hold myself accountable. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why were you late? Well, I got into two car accidents on the way here or whatever the case is. <laughs> well, that's not exactly. acceptable. Well, what the, how is that not acceptable? It's not an option. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's what's so great about what we have. It's like, I don't think that any of us, it's like yesterday, I forgot to text Mario back. This is a great example. And Mario calls me. Not because I forgot to text him back, but be just because he's like, listen, that's out of character for you. I just wanted to make sure everything's okay. And that meant so much to me. I even texted right? him after. I'm like, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. So Mario, thank you for calling me. But I just want, I, it's just like, those are the type of environments where you can get the most out of yourself, where I feel like I want to kick ass because I know Mario's kicking ass and Johnny and Jeremy yep. and Antonio. Yep. And I want to set the standard. I want to compete in a friendly way. Like we're all doing this together to be great. And push each other. a lot of these business environments for someone to climb up the pyre hierarchy, they have to pull someone down. And so it sets up this, uh, it comes back to the power hierarchy. It's like a pyramid yeah. where you're suppressed by your superiors and you're not, you're being asked to not outperform your task. <laughs> it's funny too, because we're working on this thing. Uh, we're working on an affiliate program for 3T. I'm just going to say it because it's going to be coming here soon. And yeah. so <laughs> we're finalizing an affiliate program for the 3T Warrior Academy so people can make other income, right? And and and, and it's very, very... We, 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 I, we showed it to... Um, we showed it to Kelly and uh, uh, Johnny Canuck earlier just because the conversation led into it. And so when we we did that... They were like, this is ridiculous. This is amazing, the the lucrativeness of it and how much of it we are um, I'm giving away. But it's interesting because in the PowerPoint that I built, I, when John's going to make the introductory thing, it, there's a part that says this is not a pyramid scheme. But it's funny because when you think of a pyramid scheme, we always think of like this multi-level marketing thing, but every fucking thing is a pyramid scheme. When you Every yeah. corporation is a pyramid scheme, no yeah. matter how you look at it. There is a hierarchy. The people get paid based off of their downline no matter how you look it's all the same across the board whether it's multi-level marketing or a c corporation and this is the problem with our monetary system right now too it's like everything is balanced off one another for there to be for a billion dollars to be worth a billion dollars there has to be people suffering so that there's validation that that money is worth something that's true it can only climb so high yeah so real quick before we open up to full discussion um nft tones if you are up if you want to introduce yourself so people know who you are and can get used to your voice for when we open up for just more discussion. Yeah. Um, so basically, I am love playing video games. And I remember when I was younger, <clears throat> my parents would always tell me, stop playing video games. You're spending too much time on there. You can't make money. It's useless. You can't do anything with that. It gives you no value in life. Well, 
Now, unfortunately for my parents, they are very, they were very. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, right now I've been playing video games and getting paid like three to five hundred dollars a day for racing horses, doing various other things. And I, I'm really excited for what the future has to bring in NFTs and crypto. And how I got started was back in se- or September of last year, I told Johnny Crypto to actually invest in Bitcoin when it was 9K, except he did not take my advice. And you got to remember, you always listen to the younger folks because <laughs> they, know, they know what's good. They, know, they always know what's good. Antonio, I love that you say that because that's when I bought my first Bitcoin was $9,000. And my dad listened, so he's happy too. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Crypto can't say the same, but so. <laughs> hey, so NFT Tones, real quick. How did you get involved? Because originally with the crypto research team, so real quick, so with 3T Warrior Academy, we have a thing called the crypto research team. And I like to put it as, I like to bucket it in with a, a a header that I like to call our analysis and insight group now. And so there's two portions of that. There's a technical analysis team and then there's a research team. Um, That's not an actual word that we're using inside of the Academy, but I use that to help me decipher between the two groups. And so, and so when it originally started the research portion of it, it was Johnny crypto um, Mario and um, Abdullah or abs as we like to call him. Cause I'll say his name wrong. And then, so how did you get kind of looped into doing some of that research with them and, um, um, and being part of the Academy in that way? So I started to do research on wax and then I started showing Johnny crypto, some of these NFTs and Mario and abs. And so eventually I started to just, like do I because it, it was something I was originally doing because I love NFTs and crypto. So I've always been doing a shit ton of research. So eventually I was showing Johnny Crypto like things on wax and stuff. And some of these things ended up 20x and going up to thousand dollars. Like there's land that I bought for a thousand four hundred and seventy-five dollars in alien worlds and now I believe it's worth about 7K. And it pays me like 30 to 40 dollars every day. So really it was good. stuff like that that we thought could we could bring to people's atten- attentions and give people potentially um, cash freedom. Yeah. No, I, I just want to say real quick um, to NFT tones, whoever <laughs> your parents are, you got some really serious dream killer parents. You should have them join the Academy. They need to meet coach and learn that dream killing is not good. Hey Johnny, you should talk a little lower because then otherwise they will feed back off of his microphone. <laughs> I like that Mario. That was. A- I was gonna say. I know this is an audio podcast, but if you can see the proud look on Johnny's face when when NFT tones is going over some of the numbers, it's just. Yeah. It's um, so and for those that don't know, they're related. I I don't know if we're if you debating share on that, if but- they're sharing that or not. That's up to them. I don't try. I, whatever. But anyway, the, the I guess the to to that point though, I do want to say we have a very. So we spend, uh, for the listeners, we spend a lot of time together. The one, two, three, four, five of us, four, five of us. Yeah. I can't count. Good thing. I'm in charge of the numbers. <laughs> the five of us. <laughs> um, so that's why the accounting's taking so long. Johnny. Um, anyway, so we spend a lot of time with each other and it's not only is it fun to see or interesting for me to see the, the age range between all of us, but the ability to get along and have fun. And I, to think that all of us were brought together from something like from, from a, 
Hey John, you know, coach, coach JV, um, and, and TikTok is, and then to see us all really be brought together because of cryptocurrency is, I just think is really interesting to me and why cryptocurrency, I guess, holds even a more dear place in my heart. If you can think about that, because cryptocurrency to me has not ever been like really like I start wanted to get in it back in 2017, but I didn't have, I wanted to get a minor. Um, and so I didn't have the money to do it, but I built one out on what I wanted to get. And I was like, okay, well, I can do this. I think this is going to be a really big technology, the Ethereum blockchain. And so when we when I, I didn't do it and then never really thought about it again until Coach started talking about Ripple and telling me about what was happening. And then all of a sudden the Academy took off and then crypto took off. And it was really a godsend um, for for the C word to happen or COVID to happen, because if yeah. that hadn't have happened, we wouldn't be where we are at. And I think that that's really interesting. Uh, the, the way that you can come out of a, you know, something that most people are going to think is a horrible situation, but come out on top, right? Because two things happened. One, we had to close our fitness center down. So we closed our fitness center down in Mesa because we couldn't be open because of the pandemic or the COVID. And then John just started playing on TikTok all day. Like he started doing like one video and then two videos. He was up at one point in time, he did nine videos a day. Like the, the consistency and the perseverance to make, I tried it one day while I was working at Wells Fargo and I, I got, I got, I was able to make like nine, like three days in a row. And after that I was beat, like it is ridiculously to come up with content and to talk about something and to push it is just so much. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting how we're all, we're all brought together with that. But speaking of the, the crypto piece and you guys are part of the research team, like how did, um, and again, open discussion, uh, how, how did you guys come up with like, how did it, how did it actually start? Cause I don't even know how that started. I just found out one day coach came to me and he said, Hey, these guys are going to help me with research. And I'm like, okay, cool. Does that, do I need to know anything about it? And he's, he's like, well, I mean, we're not, they said they would help me for free. And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds good. Because <laughs> um, yeah. at the time we didn't have any money. And so, um, so how did that part happen? Or what were your guys' perceptions of that being created as it was happening? So I love this story because it's, it's honestly such a, there was no certainty in it. Right. So what happened is I had been messaging coach. I joined the Academy in October of 2021 month before Mario. And I had been messaging coach, just sending him information for free over the internet all, all through the summer and the early fall. And then when I joined the Academy and I saw what we had, I just figured like, I knew when I saw coach, he was a special individual. I knew he was going to, he was extremely unique. He has, there's this unique aura and energy about him where you, you just feel the authenticity. And so I could, I could see that after watching months and months of his content, I decided to just basically blow up his DMs until he, he recognized me. So we continued to have this relationship of just discussing crypto information, new crypto topics. And I can't remember how it happened, but somehow I ended up in Arizona. I got on a flight, I think it was last March, and I flew down to Arizona and I just said, I just want to be a fly on the wall for JV and I want to see how he operates. So I flew out there, I stayed for about four days and I just sat in his office and kind of watched what he does how him and Kevin operate. And we had a lot of really good conversations. And I knew that I was going out there to become a part of whatever he wanted me to be a part of. And so I think that I fell into the research role because of my passion for cryptocurrency. And then these guys, Johnny, I don't know if you want to take it from here, because I'm not really sure how you came into it, but they just followed right in after me. And it was like brothers. Well, real quick, Abs, and you may have mentioned this before, but I just wanted to ask this. So you were trading stocks before when did you yes. make the decision or what it, and you may have said it, so I apologize, but what was the actual decision factor that you just moved it? Cause you don't do stocks. Do you still trade stocks? You do all I, crypto, I, I, right? Percent of long-term, like I hold Tesla, I hold Apple, I hold a few index funds, but 
nothing like actively trading. And so, hi, Mario's daughter. And so, <laughs> and so the big switch for me was the, the crash of 2020. When I saw the March stuff, I was already so economically like passionate. I was always following what was going on. And when Corona hit, I was 22 years old. I had just turned 22. And I remember thinking like, wow, the way that I had perceived the world is just one version of reality. It's not the way that things are and the way that things will always exist. It's just the way that things are now. And that's capable of changing. So once I realized that and applied it to the financial system, I mean, it's ridiculous that we're just exchanging debt on credit cards or that we're, we're handing cash when we have this new system that's just way more efficient, easier to log transaction, easier to get detailed payments. And it just made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So then Johnny, what did that look like from your end? I think uh, that's where Abs was headed. So for me, it was slightly, it was similar to some degree where, um, after I had gotten into it and, and coach kind of made me a believer in cryptocurrency, I started doing a lot of heavy research and understanding. Real what quick, it before was. that, you'd had no interest in cryptocurrency. None whatsoever. Like you said, you know, NFT tones told me, I'd say back in maybe October before I joined the Academy, um, yo, you got to get into Bitcoin. And I've had friends who've been in Bitcoin and I heard of, and I'm in the technical field. So I've heard of Bitcoin for years. I've known it's out there, but I always kind of, just poo-pooed it and thought, you know, this is really not going to be anything, you know, big back then. And then I kind of just forgot about it for a while. And then NFT tones like, you know, you should get some of this stuff, you know, with nine thousand. So I didn't even get into it. I joined the Academy in November of 2020, 2020, November, 2020. Um, and like I said, you know, they watched, I went through the whole process, but when I became a believer in January, uh, when it started to take off January, February, that's when I really started becoming obsessed with crypto and saying, I need to learn you know, the way I am with the engineering mindset. I wanted to know how this stuff worked. I want to know. And he's not kidding. When he, he's not kidding. When he wants to know how something works, you will know that he's trying to figure out how something <laughs> works, which is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. I just, I love it because it's like the truest, the truest statement anybody can say about you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that persistence, unfortunately, could be a double-edged sword. <laughs> I know it could be irritating at times, but but yeah, so I got really heavy into it and started researching, finding all this information. And, and I started sending it to coach through DMs. And he's like, Oh, this is awesome. Thank you for sending. And and so I kept sending and kept sending. And next thing you know, it started finding itself in his videos. And he's like, Oh, I got this in there. And boom. And then next year, like, oh, thank you, Johnny, you know, crypto for sending me this and for sending me that. And next year, they just making more and more of my content was making his videos. So I was like, oh, he's finding this helpful and useful. And one of the things <clears throat> about me is I, I actually like helping people. It's one of the things I think I was born to do. And my wife hates me for it because oh, you always help everybody but, you're, but us. But of course, I do everything for them. But the reality is it's about helping, you know, helping. So this is helping him it was helping the academy it was helping me so it's just a win-win-win all around being able to, to do that and um and then so i'd start joining the thursday crypto calls and help i was helping him doing the bar charts and things like he started asking me to do a little more so i started helping out a little bit more and and steady at one point i think he called me the beast from the east because of all the research i was sending him and so i asked him hey are you you know are you do you need anybody to help you do research? You're going to do research. And he started talking about it. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm going to create a research team. And next thing you know, one day I see Ab showing up there. Hey, Ab's going to be part of the research team. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then he, and then like he messages me just not that far that they're that far at the there that long after and say, Hey, do you want to be part of the research team? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's make it happen. And that's how Abs and I became the research team. Brothers. Brothers, brothers, research, all of that. Um, 
But the key thing about it is, and I'll let Mario tell you how he got how he got drawn into it. Um, but the thing that really made it for me was coach's authentic authenticity. That's really what was the key for me to wanting to help somebody like that because I really could feel, you know, I remember him telling me stories about the time he had chances to show coins and he refused to do it. He could have enriched himself off of shilling these coins and screwing his followers and everybody else who listens. And you know what? He refused to do it. And that just showed me an ultimate high level integrity. And not many people have integrity left in the world. And I, and I, and I try to hold myself to high level integrity. So do all these guys here. So whenever I find somebody that has that level of integrity, I'm very attracted to them because it's like, they're hard to find those kind of people. There's a lot of influence out there. I just don't, I trust, I wouldn't give any of my time. Well, it's funny too. Um, well, I don't know if this is funny. It might be sad, but most people think that a lot of the stuff that Coach talks about is it's just him trying to be a, a persona or something, I guess, if that makes sense. And yeah. it's interesting because when I tell the story, I have two main stories that I tell. Um, I usually I talk about the first time that I, I read the You Must Believe Way of Life book, and then there's uh, which is one of John's books, Coach Chavy's books, and then I have a another story that I tell, which is about love. And the reason why I bring up both those, I use one of the stories for conferences to tell, kind of tell how I thought that his mindset would help people because it was so simplistic and it was like a workbook and that's what people needed or workbooks to say, this is what you should do. If you do this, then maybe, you know, this should happen or maybe this will happen in your life. Right. And the, the one thing I bring about love, and this is only the real reason why we're drunk because me, me, I'm just going to be honest, other than business practices and um, UFC, me and coach don't have really that. We don't have so a lot of huge things in common. Yeah. Like we laugh at kind of the same stuff. So we maybe have the same kind of sense of humor um, when yeah. we're getting going. But like, I like playing video games. I like, love bat. I love games in general. I like yeah. watching basketball. I like watching soccer. Now those things don't take up, you know, a majority of my life. Like I, hardly ever get to watch either of those things. And I definitely hardly get to play video games. Um, but I like Dungeons and Dragons. I like re like finance and math and stupid geeky shit and space and all that stuff. And so we have these really different com differences, but the one thing that we do have in common, and this is the reason why I worked with coach and decided to do this with him at, for so long was because there was a point at the bank when Coach likes telling people when he cares about someone, he tells them that, that he loves them. Like we say that to everybody. Like I love you guys. When I tell coach Tom, I think it took coach Tom a little bit, a while getting used to me telling him that I love him because he didn't like see me all the time. Right. And then as I was starting there, when I was like, okay, I love you, Tom. And he's like, Oh, love you, Jeremy, you know? And so, but which he does, but I'm not saying that he doesn't, but I'm just saying that like, we're very, like, I love you. Like I care about people. So when we used to work at the bank, there was a point in time when he got in trouble by human resources and had to have a meeting with human resources because he told team members that he loved them in the same capacity that he says it on a daily basis now. Like, just mm -hmm. like, hey, I love you. Have a good night. I hope everything's going well with your kids. If, you know, people are having problems or whatever and would help them. And so from that moment in time, that's when I kind of knew that he was being sincere, that it wasn't just kind of a joke, because even after he was told to stop, he didn't care. And so that's because he cares about and really in his heart loves people. And I think the authenticity is the, a, a big key to why he's successful and why we're successful and why you guys are successful. Why anybody Absolutely. successful? I think that's what draws a lot of people to him. And I know for me, that was one of the big things is that authenticity um, to in that. And the, the other thing is funny what you talked about, the love thing that I turned over to Mario, how he got in. Um, the love thing is so important because 
after being around him in the academy and you, Jeremy, and the and these guys, and Mario, my brothers, Mario, and 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 uh, Abs, um, and the whole retreat thing that happened, there was this whole spiritual awakening for me, and this whole thing of this culture of love that is something so special and so hard to find, and it's here in the academy, and it's really weird because when you come back home. You know, and I find myself all the time doing it now where I'm saying I love you to I'm hanging up with coworkers saying I love you. And they're looking at me like, you're what? What the fuck are you just saying? And it's like, it's really weird. It's so contagious. Yep. And it's so, it, you know, we'll get into this whole hyper, high vibrational frequencies probably in another time. But the point is this culture of love, really, there really is something to that. And, and I feel good saying it now. Did I say it to anybody? And like people look at me back here in this home environment, they look at me like freaking straight. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you like? That's why are you really telling another guy you love him? You know, it's it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, trying to change that culture, but around you guys, it's so comforting to like just know I could be who I am and say what I want, and it's going to be received uh, and not judged. And it's just such a special, special uh, place to be here at the academy. Johnny. And just to speak to what you said, I think that when we were all in September, we felt the like tribalism, like when we were all together in that environment, no technology, just family really doing deep thinking, doing things like, you know, bathing in the cold river or taking time to really breathe and feel it and meditate and feel the moment. I think those types of situations are so they're pushed to the side. Nowadays they're seeing they're they're almost viewed as non-essentials. And when we took that time as a group together to bond in that experience, I think that really helped create that trust of, I feel like I know Johnny and Mario, even though I've, I haven't even known them a year and it feels like I've known them 20 and yeah. I'm only 24. So that says a lot. It's, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird too. Cause that was back in what September. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't wait. I, I just met, that was like the first time I met Mario and Johnny. I had had a chance to kind of meet abs and I, I guess, no, Johnny, I met you in Vegas. But we didn't really do anything together in oh, Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. But like, but at abs, I met in Vegas. And uh, and so it's just interesting that you go and you do that, but you're right. And all the things that we've accomplished since September, and it's only February of 2022, that yep. that is really exciting to see all of the amazing stuff that's gonna happen because we have all of the right pieces to this business puzzle, in my opinion, and a lot of yeah. great people that have great work ethic. So by um, the way, just real quick, for anybody who doesn't know Abs, if there was a maturity scale level, he's the most mature 24-year-old you'd ever meet. I put him on a level 50 or 60 years old. This kid is yeah, I would too. You're like a 60-year-old man, Abs. 100%. And, 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 Jer- and Jeremy and I are like 23-year-old I was going to say, I'm very immature. It was, oh, so Mario, I'm going to pass it to you in a second so you can see, okay. but I have to say this real quick because me and John were talking, me and Coach were talking about something and I was like, it's, we were talking, we were talking about a situation and um, I said, and I said about it, I was like, which is, it, it's in regards to an individual, but I said, it's really weird because I, I, I'm one of the most immature people when it comes to stuff, but I take care of all of my shit. And coach's thing was like, the reason why you're so immature is because you get all, because when you have to do the shit, you're super mature. And it's really interesting that you can see that because like when you're mature and you're getting all of your stuff done, it gives you, it opens up this opportunity for you to be in immature, but I'm super immature. I'm way more immature than abs. That's for damn sure. (laughs) 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 So, so Mario, how did it look from your perspective when you were getting into the research team? Before that, I just want to say, even though abs 
has the maturity of a 50 or 60. I know that there's a lot of 50 or 60 that wish they looked like him. Yeah, that, that's very true. That is very so 100% spot. true. Absolutely. See, I love hanging out with you guys because all I do is just get compliments on my looks. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I kind of touched it uh, a little bit when I was introducing myself earlier. Um, so I, yeah, I, I just started taking initiative mostly on Discord. I started becoming pretty active on, on the Warrior Academy Discord. And I saw that there was a lot of people on there that had questions. And I was just trying to be active on there on a daily basis, just answering questions. Again, it was, it was very natural. It's just like, I noticed people were asking questions. I was on there and there wasn't really anybody with a specific role at the time. So I just took initiative and started answering questions. And then the opportunity came where um, Johnny was started working on this on this uh, exit strategy and i just had a couple of ideas and then one day on uh, on one of the thursday crypto zoom calls he mentioned that if anybody had any feedback anything just reach out to him send him an email so i believe that's what i did i sent him an email and i said hey uh there i have my own exit well not exit strategy but portfolio tracking spreadsheet and i did this in order to have all the prices auto populate and I think we could probably do that for the Academy. So we met one night. It was me, Johnny, and I forget the name of the warrior Dave. that in it, the Dave. Dave. Yes, Dave that originally started that. And uh, yeah, and we just had a really nice conversations. We worked on it. Um, Johnny has a brilliant mind. And I just, I was fascinated by his way of coming up with, with solutions. I mean, that, that side of him was fascinated me. And um and I don't really know. I think I think I, w- I want to try and remember this correctly. I think that maybe on like the second or third night of us working on this, um, Johnny brought it up where Coach was putting together a research team, and he said, "You know what? Reach out. Just ask. See if there's something you could help out." And that's what I did. I sent JV a message, and I said, "You know, I'd love to continue providing for for the academy. If there's anything that you feel I could be of value." then I would love to help. And I'm not asking for anything in return. I already have a job, you know, I'm okay financially. So I just really, I'm enjoying this. I wasn't, I was at a stage that I was really enjoying giving back. And I guess the fact that I would never expected anything in return, that's what kind of put me in a place where I started having all this uh, return, which is, <laughs> right. which is so crazy yep. because you, you're doing the opposite. So yep. it just goes back to a lot of the stuff that coach has been saying recently, which is like, do the opposite. I just want to build on that because Mara is very humble. So um, when Mara reached out to me when we were doing the the exit plan, I was I was actually the version I had created it wasn't automated, and I, and I kind of wanted to automate it, but I didn't have the time in order to go research and go do it. And so Mario had reached out and said, "Hey, you know, I can um, uh, he offered an idea. Hey, I can I can we can do this in Google Sheets and we can automate it, so it'll be auto populated." I'm like, "Wow, that would be great because now that'll." take a layer of work that people would have to do to make the exit sheet, uh, give them real-time values. Um, it would just take that whole level and go away. It'd be so much easier and faster. So Mario gracefully offered to do that. And I remember poor Mario, <laughs> I was sending emails and you know, we we're like, we had, we were like trying to get this out of a certain time. So there were a couple of nights, those long nights and we got it up and running. He made it happen. We worked together and there were some issues we had to solve and some equations and things like that. And we figured it all out and got it running and it worked awesome. It was fantastic. 
Um, and Mario really was a big key integral part of being able to make it so it was automated and we can get real time info. So that was really, really, you know, really, really appreciated that of, of him. And, and what was, was great about it was here he was a volunteer, just as we all were, we're all, we're all volunteers, right? But the point was as a volunteer, I was asked to do this, do that, boom, boom, boom. And he just, every single time, never complained, just, just got it done. Oh, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I'm like, this is the kind of people that the academy attracts. And so when he asked me, you know, when I told him we're going to do the research team, we're going to build it up. And he, he reached out to coach and did it. And then coach reached out to me, Hey, what do you think of Mario? I go, absolutely. No, no question. He's like, well, whatever you think, he goes, I trust you. He goes, if you think he's part of the team and we're like, absolutely. And, and boom, here we are. Uh, you know, we formed this great, uh, you know, and, and this isn't the only team we kind of formed the bond foundation of the research team. But as you said, now, since then it's grown and there's more people in the Academy and other wonderful people doing TA and in tutorials on cash flow and answering questions like Gonzo and Andrew Cashflow. There's a lot of wonderful people here working together and we kind of see ourselves more of a, a crypto team now, but yeah, this was kind of the, the harder you will foundation of the, of the research team as we initially got it together, us three. So as a research team, because there is so much. And so I, so I, the only reason why I don't have as many NFT, I'm just going to start with and just mention NFTs for here for a second. I don't have a lot of NFTs because I don't have the time and energy to care about it, to go and research the way that say NFT toads does or abs does or Jackie does. Um, and so, or Mario, I don't know if Mario does a lot of research on specific. No, I'm in the same boat yeah, as you. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, so I, I've only really bought in certain things if someone else had said, like I own wax because of NFT tones. I own block because of you guys, obviously. Um, and then um, when, when I think of some of the other stuff that's in my XRP is because of coach, obviously XLM is because I fell in love with XLM just in general. And so, um, which app still is like, why do you love XLM so much? And so, so my, um, so my question is, is that, how do you guys, how do you guys research it? And how do you guys, we'll start with coins specifically, because I know that there's different areas of cryptocurrency. And, but like when you're trying to find new projects or new coins, um, how do you guys go about finding those on whether or not it's something that you should bring to us to, for us to know about, or something that you guys want to add into your specific portfolio? Whoever wants to start. Oh, I'll take it. So in the beginning, it was really difficult. I used to just spend a lot of time on like crypto Twitter. And I would even go to Google and just what ripple, enter ripple and then go to the new section. But now I've realized that my knowledge is compounding, obviously. And so it becomes easier and easier to pick which direction I want to go in. And so I'll actually like identify a problem. Let's say like, for example, with Ethereum, one of the problems I'm identifying now is that these NFTs all run on Ethereum, right? So they have massive gas fees. So the next big problem that's going to be solved is creating a platform that's going to have zero to no gas fees. Now there's Matic, Solana, Kusama. There's so many different platforms. So what I'm trying to do is figure out which of those platforms is going to succeed and why is that success going to take place? So I'm really getting into the in-depth part of it where it's like, I'm so deep into the infrastructure of understanding what crypto is and the problems it solves. But in the beginning, what I was doing is I was really just going to influencers I trust and building off their knowledge like JV. So if JV created an XRP video, that would give me the initiative to put in a few hours of research on Twitter, on Google, on the company's websites, and just digging, digging deep. Because a lot of times I'm going looking for one thing and I learn something I never would have guessed, but it ends up being the reason that I buy. So that's just pretty much what I do. So kind of just kind of do a search 
for so what would that look like? So if I was wanting to do that, what would I do? So if I'm going to look up XRP, for example, okay. I'm going to go to my iPhone, open up Twitter, go to search bar, put the and dollar put, sign so, okay. in and then XRP, right? So then okay. I'll search it up and the most liked post will come. So I'll see, oh, what's going on for today? But then as I get deeper and deeper, it goes from chart analysis to almost like opinions on political got situations. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah. Cool. And then Johnny, I think you wanted to say, you had something that you wanted to add? Yeah, I can tell you my, how I do it too. Or, you know, I've been talking about some more if you want to go first. Yeah, I mean, um, I do a lot of the same as Abs got. I mean, as you as you get into it, you kind of start developing your own channels of information. And for me, it really became just uh, a few key people, uh, groups that I started following, whether it's on Discord or Twitter. And um, I really started filtering out, and especially in the last six months, and specifically with YouTube, I started filtering out a lot of the information or a lot of the channels that I'm subscribed to. Um, and really just sticking, sticking with the ones and consuming content that I feel is most beneficial and, and stays, stays consistent with, with uh, real, in my opinion, real world uh, utility pro- yeah, uh, projects. But to be part. honest, most of the information just comes, I know it sounds weird, but it just appears naturally, uh, I guess. But, but it, I know it's, a, it's because of the amount of time and effort that I put into making sure that I'm following the right people or following the right groups, being in Got the it. correct groups. And yeah. And then again, like Abs was saying, um, you kind of just realize a gap in, in the industry. And then you, you sort of start digging down that, 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 um, that research in that gap and you come across a new project, for example. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a similar approach, right? So the way I do it is you really want to cast out as many nets as you can and you're putting those nets out there of information. And so I like, I've joined several groups, right? Um, so I'm in chat groups or I'm somewhere in paid service groups. And within those groups, um, you've got, you've got, uh, a lot of new type of information, new coins coming out, or some of these are great because they're tied into these large investor companies and those guys. You know, they've got lots of funds behind them and a ton of analysts researching this stuff. And so what you do is you want to see where they're investing. And because if they're investing, like, for example, Chili's, when we got into that one, that was a big one. That was like eight cents. It was cheap. And Axie Infinity, both of these were skyrocketed, well, Axie especially. When we found those, um, it was primarily from a lot of following what the big boys are doing. But you can't, you know, you got to pay for that type of research to get that in. And then... You, and then what happens is you start listening to that and you start building that network of information. So I've got all these different channels, as Mario said, some are paid channels, some are unpaid channels. You start forming. And now the funny thing is, Jeremy, I don't have to go look for the information. Like Mars, it comes to me now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just there. Do you think it's that like that's just a- because you got so involved with it? So like for someone yeah. who just starts getting involved with it, then yeah. they'll be in a place where that information kind of starts coming and then they can look at it, decipher if it has any real value to them and then decide yes. if that's something they need to go do more research yes. on. And then it becomes a ricochet effect. So for example, one of the places I was getting information from early on was Altcoin Daily. Those guys are great because they, every day they'll put out five or six different coins. Um, and, and then, you know, you might go research one and then you realize that it's tied to something else and you go down the rabbit hole and like, oh, wow. And then you turn and you stumble onto something that you didn't, didn't even know. And you're like, holy cow, this is big. And, and so that's kind of how it works. 
Um, but it is time consuming. I mean, you are definitely putting those pieces in place. Um, and now for us, as we become more advanced and understand the industry, that's the difference. We understand it now. We recognize it's segmented. So there's utility coins, there's DeFi coins, there's DEX coins, there's uh, metaverse coins, gaming coins. It's all these different, this world is this this area is huge. Do you I mean, think you- that it's starting to get, do you think that it's starting to get segmented that way um, because it's getting, so the question, so do you think it's becoming segmented that way because the space is getting so large or do you think it's becoming, it's been that large and it's becoming segmented because now people are trying to understand it more. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, go ahead. Oh yeah. I think that it's always been that way and that people are trying to understand it and they're trying to mold They're trying to take old concepts and apply them to this new market so that they have a better understanding of what's taking place, right? So like, for example, with our video we did today on Meta, I found it easy to compare it to Decentraland, but it's almost, you're not owning the infrastructure. And that might not be the best example, but you have to compartmentalize these similar projects because if you don't, it's it's too confusing. Exactly. And what's great, Jeremy, is the uh, some of the coin exchange or coin uh, sites that help you um, like coin gecko and coin market cap, anybody who's doing getting started in the space, I would highly encourage you to go start there first. And what's great about there is under, they've got categories and there's like 40 or 50 categories and you can go through there and you can pick the category you want and you'll see the coins listed under that category. So you could, you could click metaverse and boom, you'll see 40 or 50 coins and they're ranked too from market cap number one, all the right. way down. So, you know, it's a really helpful tool and a good place to get started if you're a novice and you're getting in it and you don't know where to go start with coin market cap or coin gecko and you can really get a feel for just how many first of all just learning the categories i mean there's like 40 50 categories in itself that's a a task in order to and then within each one of those there's hundreds of coins i mean we're talking twenty thousand coins out there right so it's a very very big space and it's so new there's so much white space around it that nobody knows what's going to happen. And, and, and in terms of where these coins are going, the reality is most of them are probably going to end up as shit coins and, and dead and right. go away when we get regulated. But there will be some key ones, ones that have value, utility, solving real world problems that are going to survive. And that's what this team, that's what we focus. We're not bringing, if you're looking, anybody's listening, if you're looking for shit coins, don't come to the 3T Academy. We don't do that. That's not right. what we're yeah, doing that's here. Yeah, 100%. We're trying to build we're bringing long term. Long-term, sustainable, and they're not. Even, I shouldn't call them coins because they're really technologies. Each yeah. one of these are really technologies. I'll be honest, I just suck. like saying the word coin when I talk <laughs> about. It. <laughs> yeah, I always, <laughs> I always get like, I always get when I'm about to say it. I always just like think in my head, like for some reason, time slows down. And I, should I say coin? And then I decided to say it because I enjoy that word so much because it reminds me of the Super Mario Brothers coin. So every time I hear coin, I just think of that little golden coin. And I like applying that word to this specific space when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Yeah. 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 There it is. (laughs) But the reality is that it's such it's it's almost a sin, though, that, that these technologies are labeled coins and currencies because they're more valuable than yes, that. The, the problems that they solve, yep. like for, for folks who are out there, XRP, right? If you sit there and, oh, what does it do? It's really not. It, yeah, it's a currency, but it really solves a major cross-border payment issue problem that the banks have. Um, you know, Quant, another 
another big one solves. Now, all these things have certain problems they solve. And I just want to say, the reason why every the XRP thing. So I always joke around because I love XLM. But the thing is, is that with XRP and or XLM, obviously one's more personal focus and one's more corporate focus, like with, you know, um, uh, with the the partnerships and what it's planning to do. But I don't yeah. think people understand that XRP and XLM solve, especially XRP, solve one of the biggest problems in banking. And I don't think people understand it because people don't. And so because people think of these currencies as ways to get wealthy, right? Yes. They just think of, oh, I hear XRP. I see that this value is going up. I'm going to go put my money into this so I can get wealthy. And yes. so do you think that that's why most people are in cryptocurrencies? Is oh, because yeah. or or do they care about what it is that the project's actually doing? If I had a guess, I would say one percent or less of the people who are in it actually care about the project. And the maybe maybe two or three percent know what it actually means, what it does, what real world solve. The rest of them, they're reading off the hype of the media and they're fomoing in. For those who don't know what FOMO means, fear of missing out. They're FOMOing in because they want to get rich quick. That's what they're doing. Right. And a lot of them are going to lose their shirt. And that's why you want to come. That's another value of the academy. What we bring to you is helping you understand the real true value, teaching you, you know, not to panic when, when people are panicking, have an exit strategy in place so that you don't get wrecked, you know, on the way down. So you don't, you know, you know, these things go through these very euphoric pumps and if you don't have an exit plan, and I didn't in the past and other in stock, I'd watch my account go all the way up and I'd watch the damn thing come all the way back down. Not realizing it's a simple thing that coach actually instilled in our minds was you got to have an exit plan on the way up. Why aren't you getting out small yeah. pieces at a time? And that is transformational. Jeremy, I used to worry all the time and watch my, now I don't bother them. I don't have to. Yeah. I got an exit plan. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah, and it was funny too because we spent a lot of time talking. I never when when Johnny tells me how often he checks his wallets, and I maybe check my wallets once a week. I'm like, what's going on with my cryptocurrency? <laughs> um, yeah, well, don't bother checking because you can't. If you if, if today's day and age, you won't even be able to know what your account uh, is doing right now because there's no solution that brings all your coins together. Unfortunately, that is true. in a good way. That's true. So, Mario, were you going to add something? Yeah, I was going to add uh, Johnny touched on the subject of, uh, I mean, we were discussing the fact of whether people are coming in because of the money they can make, or is it because of the technology? But I think it's fair to say that that initial, at least my approach, it was the fact that you could make money. But then right. as you start, as you start um, understanding what exactly what it is that you're investing in and the type of person, the type of people that really want to understand what they're investing in, they will eventually see it for the technology, just like we, we do see it and, and end up staying for the technology. But yeah, most people are just in it for, I mean, I get some of my friends and, and employees and, and stuff just asking me all the time, Hey, what's the coin that I should invest in? And it's like, okay, you should invest in this one, but oh, okay. They don't even ask me like, but what does it but do? Why, what's like, the, and yeah, it's interesting. Like, why? It's funny too, because we all meet the, uh, the five of us, we joke because we feel that we understand this space better than the SEC and IRS and 100,000% believe that we do. And so the thing is, is I think that people just look at these, these cryptocurrencies or these crypto coins that these are just very similar to stocks and they aren't really similar to stocks. And we're trying to classify them in that category because they sometimes similarly move to the way that stocks do because of how you can buy and sell them. 
And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's one of the biggest problems because me and uh, Johnny were talking about this at some point in time. I don't remember what call we were on um, because we have so many calls sometimes. Is that um, me and Johnny were talking. And the reason why I like the blockchain is because the ability to securitize or make not securitize, but to, to make secure um, uh, voting. And we were talking about it because, like, to me, that is the most powerful thing. If you can find a way where we can remove, become in a, a society where we're able to provide more things to the people in a secure way to vote on. So then that way, the people that are in the House of Representatives or in the Senate, if you're in the United States, right, if you're in the House of the Senate, those people keep those positions for very long periods of time. And because of that, and because of their ability to market themselves and to continuously get voted, to, to get voted into their position, right? And to be able to hold that seat for life, right? And to keep running and doing it over and over again. The problem is, is that they're not, I don't think that they're making decisions that we would all have made if we were able to vote on them. And I think that we were able to get into a better voting system where we could use the blockchain to have a secure voting system where we could have other things go out to the people to vote on. And think about we, it, Jim. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Think about it. We have a voting system and 535 people that are supposed to represent what we yep. want because when the system was created 200 years ago, there was no way for 300 million people to vote. Today, I mean, look at freaking uh, America's Got Talent or, or America, you know. You, you oh, like American Idol? And American like Idol. All of you that. can vote <laughs> yeah, instantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instantly, right? In today's yeah. technology, there's absolutely no reason why the power of voting should we don't even need 535 of those people no we don't need them because they could be bought and paid for yep. right and we know they are whereas try to buy off 300 million people you can't and the blockchain brings that power back to the people the question is are the elites who already have control going to give it back to us highly unlikely but you're absolutely right this blockchain technology is so powerful because it can do that it can restore the faith of voting number one number two I don't know if you got most of you probably know. So I don't know. Maybe some people don't only about 50 to 55 percent of people actually vote in elections. Yep. And that's a good year. That's a very, that's 50, a great year. It's, a, oh, it's an you, extraordinary year. And think, look at it in the freaking cities and in the states, the voting turnout for like, like local votes is even yeah. smaller. It's like it's smaller. 5%. Yeah. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but if you had this type of voting system, it's right at your fingertips with today's technology and it's secure with the blockchain. Everybody could vote. Everybody's voice could actually be heard. Yep. But let's face it, millennials and people of, you know, below millennials, they don't want to go through the trouble of going to a place to vote or even sending in a a ballot. I mean, they, they need to, they need, it's just like what Johnny said, they need to simplify the process or add more ways for, for it to be easier. Cause I I speak for myself. I don't see myself going somewhere to vote. (laughs) Here's no, what sometimes I, I forget if I have to go. Yeah. Like if or I didn't do a mail-in ballot, I would totally forget that the vote was even happening. Yeah. But if you yeah. could do it on your phone, but if I could do it on my freaking phone, boom, 100%. that's percent like 89% yeah. people would vote in yeah. this guy. Maybe even 90%. Right. You know, it would be, 90% it might be, vote yeah, rate. it would be pretty high. What were you gonna say, Mario? Ahead, abs. Oh, or sorry, I abs. feel like I as a younger person, I feel like I came into a system that wasn't built for me. I feel like oh, I came 1, into a thousand percent. It wasn't whether it was whether it was elementary school, the education program, all the way through to, to politics and how we put, pick our political figures, and also the biggest thing that was troubling to me when I started to understand finance was the money system. That money isn't, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but money isn't a natural thing. There's not a finite oh. amount of money. 
So every year, the only way that the rich can continue to get richer is if they let the printing press run. And so when the money was originally created, it was for allocation of resources, right? And then we had such an abundance of wealth that it became a game, a backwards game where wealth became, it used to be validation for good work. And now you go and you get the wealth and the wealth is validation. So the tables have turned. I'm not sure if I phrased that correctly, but it flipped the whole system to where the whole game is just getting money. It's like Peloton, just to go on on a little tangent here. If during the pandemic- Don't get me started on Peloton, but go ahead. (laughs) No, I said, don't get me started on Peloton, but go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) but it's, it's a perfect analogy. It's like when Peloton came out and it was March of 2020, they had these perfect circumstances where they were able to give you a home workout. All the gyms were closed. Everyone was locked down. Supposedly everyone was dying and we're flattening the curve, right? It ends up, it turns out that their market cap as a stock, surpassed Spotify yep. at one point. <laughs> and so you're sitting there and you're like, there's this bike company. They don't do anything unique except they put a computer screen on a bicycle and put it in your home. And that they're now worth, and I'm just going to throw a fake number out here, but let's say $10 billion. It, it, these, the whole system is backwards because people are investing in that stock just on the fact that they think it's going to go up. They don't care about the product anymore. No, and that's one of the biggest things. I remember the first time, so I this was a long time, this was a while ago. I can't even remember what year it was, but it was a long time, a while ago. Peloton opened up a store inside of Scottsdale Fashion Square, which is a luxury mall here in Arizona. It's the only luxury mall in Arizona. Like It's got like, Gucci stores and Louis Vuitton stores and like really high end shit Prada and stuff. Right. And so they had one and I don't know if it was a seasonal thing or what, but I looked at that. I was like, this is the stupidest thing. You don't need that to sell what you're selling. Why do you wasting the money on this space? And it's interesting because they get flooded with a bunch of cash and I've never been a fan of Peloton, not only because other companies do it once Peloton started doing it. And then some of the other larger companies like NordaTrack, they just created the same. They just took the idea. They already had a bigger infrastructure and started adding it. And so you see this happen a lot, especially as younger generation. And it's nothing against young. This isn't about younger generations versus older generations. It's just about, you see it a lot with younger generations is that the, that the purpose of a stock it's the the actual value isn't anything intrinsically involved with the company. It's only whether or not someone's willing to buy or sell it. And that's why it's so easy now for people to get confused, especially when they're new into the stock market or any market. When you see these pump and dump things like, Oh, well it's going up. It must be a good thing. So we'll keep putting money into it. It doesn't mean shit. It just means at that point in time, people are willing to buy something for that amount of money. And that's all that it really, really means. And it's really difficult now, especially to talk to people because day trading is really fun. I'm not going to lie. Charting is super fun. In my opinion, I'm that kind of geek. I like charting. I like math. I like algorithms. I like all of that stuff. Right. But when you try to tell someone, you know, because I've met some family members who've put a bunch of money into Doge and to Shiba and then didn't get out right. And it just rides it up and down. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing systemically valuable or non-systemically valuable inside of that, that coin, right? Is that it's just, Uh, it's going up because people are buying it and it's going to go down when people sell it. There's nothing else that will kind of find a level ground where it can stay and slowly make these maintain these maintain these, you know, gains. Right. And so it's difficult to say, well, this is what the chart is doing. Well, yeah, that's one piece of the puzzle and that's fun, but we could also look at what is 
what is it doing besides that? So like when people ask me like, oh, do you think XLM and XRP will go up? Absolutely. 100% yes. Eventually they will go up. XRP is obviously not going up because of the lawsuit. XLM is just following the market right now and no one gives a shit because unless something's skyrocketing, no one wants to be involved with it. But like, <laughs> There's no if, attention. Right. There's no attention to it. But yeah. if you were talking about like valuable things in existence, there is nothing more valuable in my opinion than Ripple and Stellar in what they are trying to accomplish. And, yeah. and just, to, just to build off that, Jeremy, the reason why Jeremy is saying that is because on-demand liquidity right now, we do $5.3 trillion in cross-border payments per day in, in on-demand liquidity. So the, when people say flip the switch with XRP, that's because in theory, they get approved to be used for on-demand liquidity. And then you need this massive market cap in order to handle all these transfers. You can't yep. dry up the system when England's going to transfer a trillion dollars over to America, let's say. And that's why I love, love, love XRP and Stellar because you can directly tie an increase in price action to this flip of the switch event. You can tie it to a use case. Yep. I think, I think oops, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Mario. No, I was just going to add real quick. I think we, it's fair to say that we go through hype seasons and, you know, we go through the DeFi hype season and then we have the shit coins and then we have metaverse now and then the gaming tokens. And I think people just sleep on all this other stuff that's severely like undervalued in my opinion, because we have a market that's up by like 10 X right on certain projects. And yet people think that they can just come in and still make another 10 X on top of that. Why not look at a project that is maybe only up like two X, you know, if, if, if the whole crypto market is up by, by $2 trillion or right now it's up by a trillion dollars, you know, compared to how it was a couple of years ago, why not compare, compare some projects that are not up um, you know, equivalent to the rest of the market and take your chances with those because we all know that eventually and, and being projects like we were discussing XRP and XLM that have real world utility, have companies behind them that are making um, significant uh, partnerships, it's fair to say that it's going to happen at some point and you just have to be patient. Yeah, yeah. and i tell you what, I got a one word answer for you why people aren't patient, right? Because of greed. That's mm. the bottom line. It's greed. Yeah. Right. And they know like, hey, if I can get 10x, why the hell would I listen? If you get 2x in the stock market, you'd be doing monkey flips. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And now so, he, so, he, to that point, <laughs> right. Adobe cra- Adobe's down to like 425, right? So it was yeah. up at 688 was the high. And so I uh, my my price target within this next year, I have it going back up closer to 700, maybe 750, right? And so I just yeah. sold a bunch of stuff and just bought more Adobe because it's one of the best companies. But you don't think of that because to, for me to get something where I can purchase four hundred dollars worth of stock, right? When you think of yeah crypto i have to either save that to be like okay i'm saving this specific money every week so i can get 500 dollars to buy one share of adobe stock or i can go out and buy i don't how much fucking xrp would that buy <laughs> right and, and and the fact that i'm only gonna get i'm only gonna get if it goes up what's that 34 percent 35 maybe 40 percent that's unheard of in the stock market but when you find a good company and this happens you can go out and buy more of it um but you're absolutely right johnny you will not find 10x you would be lucky at you will be lucky if you end up in your own portfolio at that where the stock market traditionally trends which is around eight percent yeah but we're and what's interesting is we're in an extremely unique situation right now we are in almost like if you date back to the 1987s or 1990s when right before the internet began to take off we're in that same kind of unique time period again where we have the ability to get into technologies that are going to drive the future for the next 30, 40, 50, 100 years. And people don't 
see it because greed, right? They're looking at the greed. They want the 10X. They want the Shiba. They want the quick pump and dumps. Whereas what we do in here at the academy is we're training ourselves and all our warriors to make sure you're getting in sound, fundamental, real-world, problem-solved, utility-type investments that are going to be there and they're going to grow. And they will grow from where they are today oh, absolutely. to 10x or maybe even more, significantly more. And the nice thing about when those grow is they're going to be sustainable growth. So you don't have to worry about catching the top and trying to sell it real quick within three minutes because you know Shiba went up here and then it's down here. Right. And you missed it because you you know, went to the bathroom. So you didn't have time to sell and not already drunk. Right. And so don't, hold don't, on, just so people get a, 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 a concept <laughs> of that is me and Mario were working on accounting earlier. And there were p- purposes in this project that we're working on or points in this project that we're working on where we had a certain amount of money in a wallet or an account in our accounting software, QuickBooks. And then when he moved it, it was at a completely different price point. And I'm like, how did that money get in there? And he's like, oh, that was just the money going up in the market. And it was literally the same day. Almost. Yeah, it was all on the same day. It was an one, hour. Yeah, One hour. One hour. <laughs> and I'm like, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah that's, you're absolutely right. Charlie. Here's another is, example, Jeremy, is that when Elon Musk went on SNL and Doge Pete, oh, don't even fucking talk to me about it. You can check the price card right now. It went from 71 cents to 41 cents while that program was on TV. <laughs> Yep. I saw that. I remember so, watching that oh, live. I, I have a really funny story about So that weekend, I got a haircut and I went to an ice cream shop. While I was at the haircut, right? And I went to the ice cream shop with my wife. Well, I was just like, oh, I'm going to go have a haircut and ice cream. <laughs> Hopefully you saw your doge before you yeah. went to get well, the no, haircut. So, um, and so, no, no. I still, I literally hardly sell anything. I'm like the worst. When it comes to non taking my own advice, I'm horrible at it. Um, hey, you know, you know, there's an academy that teaches exit Yeah, no, I know. And I'm, that's so I'm just like, I'm just going to, or, or what happens is Jackie will tell me something because I see yeah. her and she's like, Jeremy, don't forget to do this. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'll go and do it. Right. Okay. So, so point, I went to get the haircut and while I was sitting there, there's a girl I never, I usually have this one girl that I like to go see and she's done my haircut for years. And it's, if I had the money, I would literally hire her as just my haircut person. So I could always get a haircut when I want it. Uh. And so, and so she, she wasn't there. So I had let this other person do my hair and she was maybe in her early twenties. She literally was just talking to me and trying to get me to buy Dogecoin. Like, why is the hairstylist talking to me? I didn't even bring up the conversation. Like, oh, it was my. just like she brought it up in the conversation that weekend that he was on SNL and that and and was talking to me about buying it. And then about how yeah. she can't sell it because of capital gains tax. And I'm like, well, if you just bought it and you're just going to sell it. Or how long are you selling it? It was, did nothing she was saying made any logical sense to me. So I was like, okay, cool. I had the conversation with her. I left. So then when we went to ice cream that night, it was literally the same night. Okay. We went to ice cream that same night and we were standing in line at this ice cream shop. So the shop's so small and it's in downtown Phoenix. So there's a line that comes outside. So you're kind of outside while you're waiting oh, yeah. to get into the store. Right. And so there were pe- these people sitting at like a sit down station. There was a girl and a guy on their first date. It seemed like they were on their first date. And all that he was talking about was Dogecoin to her. <laughs> And oh, how she needed to get into that's, investing. That's a terrible oh, first date. Oh, well, well, she was fucking horrified. Like, why are you talking about this on your first date? And Danielle, because Danielle was with me, my wife, and she was like, I don't think that that's going well for him. It must, have been, was, a, it must have been a Tinder date. Yeah, something. I have no idea. And so, so he was talking about how his stepdad was the person that got him into Doge. And based off of his age and based off of my age, I'm assuming his stepdad was probably 
Like it could have been my son. Like he, he was like just 17, 18 years old. So okay. the stepdad could have been easily been my age or maybe a little bit older. Right. And so it's yeah. like, okay, so there's this millennial that's telling him to buy Dogecoin. And now he's telling it to this girl on their first date. And I was like, this is getting a little weird <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> and so then that, so then when we got inside of the thing, the Not people again. that were talking about the, the, uh, the people that were doing the serving the ice cream, they were talking about Dogecoin. Like it would, every conversation that I had that night was about Dogecoin. And then, and then Elon Musk went on or on SNL and it crashed. It, and that, by the way, is the kiss of death. Yep. They, they tell you yep. that if, and this is for everybody who's listening, if your hairdresser or the clerk cashier in the store or the ice cream store is talking about Doge or any coin you're in, get the hell out because it, no, <laughs> seriously, no, it's a true I mean, story. All the good expect, so, all the, all, they tell you all the good, uh, stock finance board will tell you when everybody in the whole world is talking about it, what does that mean? It means it's saturated. Yep. If it's so saturated, saturated. There, I mean, there's no more. The way I try to envision this, right, is this, this, this pool of money. That's it. And it's going to go. So it's going to go into something and out of something. Well, once all the money is in, guess what? There ain't no more money going in. There ain't no, if there ain't no more money going in, it can't keep going up. Yep. And that's so when you start hearing about something you're in, and if you hear the cashier or the ice cream girl, or or, or your uh, or the first day talking about, get the hell out. That's yeah. your first it warning. It was just side. a ridiculous yeah. weekend that week. I was like, what yeah. is happening? And what happened, right? The elites yeah. knew this. They knew Elon was coming on. They were pumping it up. And what were they doing? They dumped right in the heart of it, right when it was at its maximum saturation point, the elites dump. And so that's the way to play the game. So you, you know, the game, so you don't get played is sell when everybody's talking, you know, you always hear it from Berkshire, right? We're up, um, Warren Buffett. Buffett. selling yep. his butt in the streets. Right. So we have this cool thing called the fear and greed index. We follow that. And you want to do just the opposite. When people are greedy, you, 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 you know, you want to be selling. And when people are fearful, you want to be buying. So I'm glad I kept this to a half an hour podcast. <laughs> but, um, so I do have, mean, I, I do have, you mean I have half hour segments. Yeah, half hours. <laughs> I have two. I do have two questions that I do want to, that I really, really want to ask. So oh, that's another two hours. Well, I know, but we're, I'm going to try to field it a little bit so we can, and so you guys can go back to your lives. And I appreciate you being on. We and, love and this life. So, this is our life. So <laughs> the one thing is, so out of the projects that are going, uh, actually, no, let me ask the other one first. So, when did non-fungible tokens get on your guys's radar as a research team? And when did you guys start with like, was that when you guys found out about it? Did you automatically start talking about it in the Academy or how did that part happen? And then, and then how did, you know, NFT tones get involved with the NFT? Cause I feel like I woke up one day and then everything was about non-fungible to earn NFTs. <laughs> like I literally feel like everything was, Oh, crypto XRP, XRP. And then now all of a sudden non-fungible tokens are NFTs. So well, for, I, how did that happen for the Academy and the research team? I could tell you for, for me, how it happened for me was one day I, I woke up NFT tones comes up to me and goes, dad, dad, look, my chicken's worth 13 grand. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like some stupid race chicken. <laughs> I'm chicken. And, and then and then my wife comes up and goes, Holy cow, you're not gonna believe this. 
Your son's chickens were like 12 grams. <laughs> what are you talking about? What do people talk about chicken? And he shows me this freaking race chicken or something. And, uh, and chicken derby to be exact. Chicken derby. Chicken derby. There it is. Chicken, chicken derby. Like, Dad, my chickens were 12 grand. And I'm like, what? How much you pay for? Oh, like, like uh, you know, 200 bucks. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, like, I wow. got it. I got that out of the mint to be exact. So yeah. that's why I was so young. And I don't know the exact numbers, but the point is that's uh, Jeremy. When it, well, for me anyway, when it dawned on me, like, holy shit, this kid is onto something. He there, there is really something going on in the and there's an NFT craze going on right now, you know. And yeah. NFTs that that's like another conversation for a whole other yeah, day. Yeah, what no. they do, and but I, but yeah, that's for me. When I started to see, he turned his account like he quadrupled or a six or seven x his account. In NFTs, which I was barely doing in coins, I'm like, wow, there's another yeah. whole world here. And that's when I started mentioning it to coach a little bit. And I think these guys started to talk a little bit about it. But but yeah, for me, it was it was it was NFT yeah. tones that brought it to my so attention. So how did you guys learn about NF like how did that happen for you guys? Uh, for me, Mario, it was, Mario. for me, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually, I mean, I did start hearing about you know the board apes and and the those that cat with a rainbow whatever it was called and and yeah. um but really the when it started just really getting my attention was when nft tones was like oh there's these chickens and you can race with them and <laughs> i'm like what and it's like yeah you can sort of like a horse you know the the horse races and stuff and it's like okay all right let me look into that so i almost bought some of those chickens but the worst part is that i got my employee to buy some of those chickens and <laughs> then he got really upset because the game was never coming out but i think he ended up selling them for a profit but nice. um oh. but really the first i just just to end it the first nft project that i got in that i bought into was these uh axle littles so it's um it's a little there, there's these creatures called axolotls and i think i'm pronouncing it correctly and they're uh they're about to go extinct so this whole project was about raising money to create aquariums to breathe them to basically save them from going extinct extinct so there's really cool utility and that's so and, cool yeah and then the next one was the gambling apes but i'm not very I've, i'm not very deep into into nfts like just like you yeah i've like I have a mole and it, there's no value to me any for whatsoever. It was just, I liked it cause it was a cute little mole. So I bought it. Like I have a hard time. I have a hard time buying stuff that I don't care about. Like if I have no real care for it, I don't, I can't find myself buying it. Like the, the most, like when I, the, like when it comes to like, say block, Blocktopia. When you guys were talking to me about it, I got so excited because that seemed like a really cool effing thing. Like, this is a cool thing. I love this. So I went and bought it. But like with the NFT arts, the from the virtual side of it, what they're getting into with the gaming meta side, that I don't have a problem buying. Like, I almost spent like five grand on a pumpkin stand for Townstar. And so, nice. <laughs> um, because that game is super addicting and pumpkins are dope. But like, um, but so, so, um, Abs, uh, how did you find out about the NFTs? And then we'll have um, NFT tones talk about NFTs for a moment. So I'm not really, I don't, I didn't have like a moment where I like came to, to NFTs. I was always kind of familiar with what they were, Yeah. but now that I dug super deep into them, once I got the idea that these are just digital contracts that are locked into the blockchain in perpetuity, you're buying this value and it's, it may not hold its value, but you are buying this value and that value symbolizes something. It was easier for me to wrap my head around it. And so 
I'm super big into the community part of it where I actually believe that the only projects that will survive are the ones where people are passionate, like Jeremy's talking about. He just said he can't, he can't make himself buy something unless he cares. And what's the opposite end of that? That he's willing to buy something irrational if he does care. And so that yeah. when, I'm, when I see these MetaCard purchases or these VFriends purchases where the whole point of paying $5,000, it's not for the JPEG or the, the, right. the digital art. It's for what it symbolizes. And what it symbolizes is this social currency of, hey, look, man, I'm cool. I'm associated with Nelk or I'm associated with Gary Vaynerchuk or now I have these opportunities to go to these exclusive events. And that's where I think people can really wrap their head around it. Because when you compare it to a Gucci belt or to a Rolex, people are kind of like, well, I don't need that. But when you think about it, like, hey, you and your best friend get to go to these live events and who knows where that could lead you. That's where it really begins. Absolutely. And so... NFT tones. Tell me about Chicken Derby. <laughs> so Chicken Derby basically is still not released yet, but they <laughs> they're working on the beta and everything. And so, like right now, a closed selection of people can actually race. So I don't have access, but a couple YouTubers and popular people do. Um, from what I've seen, it looks really, really cool right now in the beta that they have, they haven't implemented like the actual abilities that the chickens have, but like all the chickens will have abilities. And like, it kind of reminds me of like a Mario Kart. I don't know. It it seems really cool. We got to see where it goes from here. But like, I, I really like the idea, especially like after seeing Zed run and Pegoxy and all like how all this stuff is like running. The chickens also have their own metaverse coming too. So I, I think it'll be like interesting. You'll be able to walk around as your chicken. People can see Mario's face when he said this. Well, I'm just thinking like, are you going to be the chicken or are you going to walk around with a chicken? Like, like a Pokemon a chicken? game? A chicken, chicken becomes a it? Pikachu? Are you the chicken or the egg? Uh, 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 <laughs> so, so you... You are your NFT, basically. So you, <laughs> you're your chicken running around in the world. Like, but like, it, it looks like it's web-based. So like, you'll have to type in chat to talk, but you'll be able to talk to other chickens and stuff. It'll be cool. Have you ever tried to run with chicken feet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so, so what's your, so um, NFT tones, what's your favorite project? And then we'll go around to like in, in anything, NFT, Metaverse, right now, I anything. have to say my favorite project is probably Pegoxy because I am making a killing off of it. I'm making like three to five hundred a day just running horses. Yeah. And, I just race so you, horses. and just to we uh, we talked about this. I don't know if we did it on actual recorded audio last week with Johnny Crypto and NFT Tones, but um, I'm going to figure out I found everything that I need to get for us to all do a Twitch live stream using Zoom, but feed it up through Twitch. And then we mm. can kind of look, or we can use Twitch Studio, whatever. Um, but I have the capture cards and everything I want to get to do it all. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll actually do a live Twitch and we'll watch some of these Pagoxi races and we'll race while we talk about it. Nice. So, but, oh, yeah, that'd so be awesome. Nice and the yeah. chicken derby too. And the chicken Don't derby. When that goes and I also <laughs> want to get somewhere live other than on the 3T Academy channel that I can just turn into a gif of Johnny trying to get up on that dragon in what was the game? <laughs> what was the game again? The what what game was Decentraland. it? Decentraland. Decentraland. I, every time I want to say never mind. I won't tell you what I want to say, but Decentraland. <laughs> okay, so favorite so uh abs, what's what's your favorite project right now? Metacard. 
Full send MetaCard by Nelk. I think it's going to be the next exclusive community for people under 25 that want to be reckless, that want to have fun. I really think that that's where they're going to go. And I'm not promoting that type of activity, but I think there's a market for it and it's going to make money. Which, oh, I really want to point to that. Or Actually, I want to point this out. So out of all of these people, the reason why I feel like even though I'm super immature a lot and Johnny can be immature, the reason why I think that everybody is really mature is because I don't feel that we go out and do stupid shit. Like most of the <laughs> shit that we end up doing is literally either work related, crypto related, or us doing something like this related. So again, we don't promote you going out and doing reckless stuff, but I love this, this group because none of these guys, it, it, none of these guys like actively promote or show that if they do it. And so that's one of the things that I love about being around you know, people that have like integrity or are trying to focus on making their life and other people's lives better. But it was, I just wanted to add that, but yeah. So what's it called again? It's called full send MetaCard by okay. milk boys. Got it. And who are those yes. boys? Who are they? They have a massive YouTube channel. They got like seven and a half million followers on their main channel. And then they have one of the largest podcasts on YouTube. It's got like 1.5 million followers. They've done Dana White, Mike Tyson, Antonio Brown, Gary Vaynerchuk, and they need to go on and on. Got it. Cool. All right. Yeah, I, I really like that project as well. I think it'll be really, really big as well. The community already around it is huge. Who is some of the community around it? Uh, I, go ahead, Abs. Oh, Logan Paul, Justin Bieber. I keep bringing this up, but Gary Vaynerchuk, Steph Curry. Um, those are just the ones I can remember off the top of my head, but there are several others. Nice. Cool. So what's your favorite pr uh, project, uh, Johnny? And then we'll end with Mario. So. Um, if you want to see wild and crazy stuff, you can go watch those guys on Jackass. If you want to make generational wealth, you come here to the Academy. <laughs> that's what we're going to do here. My favorite. We're going to get you to buy chickens. Yeah, that's about as wild as we get. Is we get to watch chickens wobbling watch around you. the track. <laughs> <laughs> Although Pagoxy, the 3D version of Pagoxy is fun to watch. Oh, the 2D version, bad. I can't. I would be like, okay, this is whatever. But like, you could bad. probably watch the Pagoxy 3D over yep. and over and be fine. Yeah, I, I, my favorite project right now, it, it's a coin, it's a utility coin, it's called Quant, uh, symbols QNT. I love this project because it really is, in my opinion, going to be the, the technology we need to evolutionize and enable Web 3.0, right? So Web 2.0 is where we are today, that everybody's familiar with. Um, and the thing is, we take technology for granted, right? When people send an email, they hit, they type it, they hit the send, and that's it. They don't care what happens. It just gets where it's got to go, right? That's all they care about. It's got to get to that person. But all the shit in the background that has to happen to make that happen, <clears throat> there's a ton of technology happening there to make these things talk. And, and that's what TCPIP did for the internet. And, th and that's what quant is going to be. You had all these different blockchains, but they don't know how to talk to each other yet. Somebody's got to create interoperability and connect these all together. And there's like Adam and Chainlink that are trying to do it, but there's no one, as no company as far ahead of the game as Quant is. And some of the people on their team and some of the members on the board of directors, you know, all the way up to the Rockefeller Foundation, those, they're, they're, that's an exciting, fun project. And I've been dollar cost averaging, you know, full disclaimer here, I have been dollar cost averaging into Quant because I believe in the long run it will be the standard that everybody uses to communicate. Um, and that's just going to be tremendous, tremendous value when all these blockchains are talking through, through the quant technology. Sweet. So I love it. All right, Mario, what's your favorite project? Right, I'm really glad that Johnny didn't say an NFT because I was starting to get concerned. 
because I didn't have a favorite NFT <laughs> because it was gambling apes. But then when I got my $30 payout for a whole month, I was very disappointed. <laughs> and how much did you pay for your gambling? Ape? <laughs> um, I was lucky. I got in early. So I maybe pay like the most expensive one. I think was like 600 bucks. Yeah. But oh, that's not it's bad. not bad. That's not bad. Exactly. 30 bucks. It- but is Sorry? that paid out? Is that paid out quarterly or monthly? I can't remember whenever uh, we talk about it. Monthly. I mean, it's, I guess it's not bad. It's their first month, and you know they they just started the casino, so it's got to build user base and all that stuff. But um, I think they're going to blow up eventually, especially once they get the casino in the metaverse. Like, yeah. I don't know. So well, I think um, that that's what it's going to take is for a casino yeah. actually to be in a in the metaverse up and running. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw what Saudis is doing. They're making a whole metaverse, like kind of like LA, Los Angeles is. So it'll be cool to see what the casino verse is like. Yeah. And I'm like you, uh, Jeremy, all these NFTs that I've purchased, I haven't sold a single one yet. Um, but uh, on a favorite project, I mean, I got to say that my favorite, and I mean, you guys could know, it's got to be Nodes. Um, <laughs> right. We didn't talk about so real quick. We didn't talk about nodes. Um, I am going to have uh, Mario um, come on the show, and we're going to talk deep dive a little bit more into nodes. Um, yeah, because nodes and my I think nodes are one of the most power besides the block besides the blockchain itself and what I was talking about. But none of it can really happen without the nodes, I guess. Um, but Mario could would be able to explain that, and we're going to explain that on next week's episode. But point being is that. Um, Nodes are really important, and so you guys should listen when Mario's on to talk about nodes. Okay, go on, Mario. But yeah, I'm not going to get into specific projects this time. Uh, I'm just going to say nodes in general, just because. And again, it's because it's providing me a passive income. So it's been, it's been really good for me to be able to create a little bit more freedom to do things like this, sit here and just talk about crypto and for two hours. Chickens. And, yeah. So, what did, chickens, so when you yeah. go and talk to your wife when you're done with this, and she's like, "Oh, what did you guys talk about?" and you're like, "Crypto and chickens," and she's like, yeah. "Oh, that's why you couldn't." I love spend it when he says, what, "What are we having for?" When, when, when he says, this, "What are we having for dinner tonight?" and she goes, "Oh, we're having chicken and pasta." <laughs> right. <laughs> chicken mm, on the dinner. Um, so, oh, so my. again, I, guys, I thank you so much for being on the podcast, and again, I, still testing out some of the interview phases and seeing how I want to do them moving forward. So thank you so much for being on. And I will definitely have you guys all back on and hopefully we can do more Twitter spaces. And so the last very, very, very last thing, and then we're ending this is, so you guys have a Twitter account together, which is three T research. Okay. So people can find it if they go to Twitter at three T research. Correct. Okay. And I'm a huge fan of Twitter spaces. So I'll eventually probably start doing Twitter spaces on my age of Jeremy Twitter, but you guys have done one Twitter space on the three T research. Do you have yep. a plan to do other Twitter spaces on it? Yeah. We'd okay. love to, we, we want to start doing them weekly. Okay. So, so yep. then Johnny can get fired from his job because he will never be doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I've definitely looked. <laughs> There's definitely not enough time in the day right now. Okay. That is for sure. We're going to need to do something about yeah. that. That's for sure. So, so then Mario, where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm most active, most active. I'm definitely not on Facebook. Okay. Um, sorry. I just wanted to get that out there, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, mo- I'm most active on Twitter and you can find me at node defender and that's all together. Node defender. Perfect. And then, um, abs. So I run the free T account for our Twitter okay. and also you can find me on Instagram. I'm, I'm really not too active on social media. I find that coach JV's 
platform is that's enough for me. So if you want to get a hold of me, the best place to go is Coach JV's platform on the Warrior Academy. But also you can find me on Instagram at just at Abdullah Nasik, just my name. And if you can't spell that, then tough luck. You're not going to find me. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I can, I think I, I spelt it wrong multiple times and I can't say it either. So I'm never going to find <laughs> it's you. It's Abdullah. <laughs> yeah, Abdullah. And I say it wrong all the time. Okay, Johnny, where can people find you? Well, his girlfriend will be happy to know that no other girls can seek him out if they can't <laughs> spell true. his name right. But uh, you can, so they can find me um, primarily at Twitter uh, at, at Johnny Crypto with a K, uh, Johnny Crypto 00, um, and also on YouTube. Also. <laughs> I got like one video. You up have there, one but, video. But, yeah, one. <laughs> Although to be honest, the content of that video wasn't bad. I watched it the other day and I was like, besides cleaning some of it up, the, what you did was perfect. <laughs> yeah. If I had some real, you know, help video guys around, it could have been a lot better, but yeah. So, uh, Johnny crypto with a K on YouTube or, uh, at uh, or Johnny crypto zero zero at uh, Twitter. Mario, do you have YouTube or you want not want to talk about that? Well, I I will be starting my YouTube. It's already up. Yeah, you can you can just look up um, No Defender, or okay. you could just go off the link that's on Twitter. But okay, thank cool. you for mentioning. And then I'll have links to all of these in the episode description, and hopefully thank you can you. actually listen to this episode because apparently you can't listen to any episodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then NFT Tones, where can people find you? Uh, so Capital, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, basically anything except Facebook, and it would be Capital NFT lowercase tones because if you put it any other way on youtube you can't find me so <laughs> so put it that way. why does no one want is on a facebook <laughs> i uh, i just pretty i obvious. personally just don't find facebook like i don't know useful like i don't know <laughs> no i'm people on for me it's like the people on facebook aren't we don't have similar interests if you're going to be on a social media platform you're probably on twitter probably on instagram <laughs> but once you get to Facebook, it becomes a marketing and a political campaign. So I have, so. A, I have Facebook, but my, <laughs> and I only recently do stuff on it to capture a specific demographic. But I usually refer to old people being on Facebook, which is really sad because the old people that I'm referring to are me. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. I was going to say, thanks, Jerry. Take it easy. I use no, Facebook, the, too. Well, okay? I know. That's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> yeah. when you're like, oh, yeah. if you're a millennial or older, you have Facebook. <laughs> Or an older yeah. millennial and older, you have Facebook. If you're younger, you like you could yeah. segment them off. But anyway, I, it's just funny. Yeah, because I, I, I hate, I hate Facebook, so that's my personal. Well, yeah. they did a study. I think 35 and older uh, is where you'll find a lot of Facebook. So uh, I guess um, Mario will be on his way out of Facebook pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mario's got a few years. Mario's yeah, a young guy. Like five years. years. He's got five. <laughs> years. Well, like I said, a few more years, and uh, Mario will be on Facebook. I don't. I'm just. I uh, just Facebook might be 40. And I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah, <good point>. <laughs> move with it. I was just surprised our 56 year old sounding of dollar is not on Facebook. But. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, it starts and ends with my voice. Like, I feel like the people on Facebook aren't hip. No, oh, they're not. Whoa. They're not yeah. at all. I have no problem making fun of Facebook and still using it because yeah. I'm not a fan. My favorite platform, my new favorite platform is Twitter because of all the changes that they're making. And I even found <laughs> out about more changes that they've made that they're launching that I'm in love with. Um, mm. And like with their news, I think Mario, were you telling me about it or John was? And then I went and researched it. But there is their newsletter feature where you can now have a specific news campaign built into your Twitter and people can sign up for it in Twitter and send it out. That's cool. Yes. And so that's really, really cool. And so, and then the other thing I love TikTok. So, um, I don't know. I'm on TikTok. So you should all get TikTok. 
And then, so we, can make, then we can make dance videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. <laughs> so anyways, thank you so much. I will have you guys back on and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Of course. We love you. Love, love you, too. brother. All right. Bye. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you for all of your support. If you want to learn more about my businesses, you can visit ageofradio.org or 3twarrioracademy.com. You can also join 3T Warrior Academy, um, which helps you with fitness, motivation, health, wealth, and crypto. It's our online Warrior Academy platform. There's tons of courses. Um, there's help with things. There's our 120-day challenge, which I'm in the middle of right now. Um, probably got to um, fill out that bad boy. So Kelly, Coach Kelly doesn't get on me. Uh, if you want to start a podcast or be on the podcast email uh, or on the podcast, email me at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. So if you want to be on the podcast, email me at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. And last but not least, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.